0: Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, with David Costa.
1: Bob, oh, hello, oh, up to the window, 2 toe five. We on the airfield and
0: airspace. You
2: are clean for takeoff. Have a good one. Thanks, Mom. clear for takeoff. Check your parker brake off. Check your trim set. Check your nozzle steering on. maneuver. Diamond. Yeah,
1: and gentlemen this is david costa i am the renegade aviator and i'm going to say something here government getting in the way of good stuff that's how i'm going to start this off i got a special guest today his name is brad hayes goes by the call sign monk from the naval air museum at barbers point brad welcome to the renegade aviator radio show
2: hey thanks a lot thanks for having me
1: just kind of give us a little bit about you about your museum and kind of how we got to where we are today. There's some weird stuff going on, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to get your message out.
2: Thank you. Well, real quick, in a nutshell, the Naval Air Museum was started to preserve the history of the Naval Air Station at Barber's Point specifically, and secondarily, naval aviation in Hawaii. Naval aviation, Marines, Coast Guard, Navy, and any kind of aviation that happened at Barber's Point during its tenure of 62 years. Right next door to us is Marine Corps Air Station Eva Field, which is world famous for being attacked on December 7th. Barber's Point assimilated that property, and then it was part of Naval Air Station Barber's Point after 47. So fast forward to 1999, the base closes after a 1995 BRAC. This BRAC didn't go well, but the airport itself, the airport proper flight lines, hangars, runways, all that went to the state of Hawaii Department of Transportation Airports Division. And the DOTA, as we call it here in Hawaii, accepts federal grant money in the form of the Airport Improvement Program, which is subject to a thing called 5190.6 Bravo. 5196B governs what you can do with the grant money, the federal cheese, If you're a sponsor, in this case, it's the D.O.T.A. that's the sponsor. They call them the sponsor. The people receiving the money. Kind of weird. Yeah. So with the Air Museum, we've been there since before the base closed. We were there about six months prior to the base actually shutting down. It was a Navy base when we were there. And so we inherited about five aircraft right off the bat. They were gate guards. It was a way for the Navy to disengage without having to scrap airplanes that they had on the gates. They took the nice ones to Kanyoy Bay. The S two Tracker, P two Neptune, NFA Crusader; those birds are still at Conynwy today. So, with the Air Museum, fast forward—you know, we've had, we've been on the same spot on the airport, plus or minus. We look at Google Earth through the years, and we have about sixteen aircraft. We have everything from the P three Orion to the C one thirty. We just got a C one thirty, a Coast Guard C one thirty, the only Coast Guard C one thirty in the world on display anywhere, any museum. And then we have a Super Cobra. From the battle of kofji in gulf war one which has got its own really cool story and also afghanistan and and, um, iraqi freedom one and two so we've got a collection of aircraft that were either stationary or had some kind of impact you know with naval aviation in hawaii especially the capital aircraft from the air station in within the last probably 50 years and now we are pushing back on an eviction that we feel is a wrongful eviction. We were evicted for three contention points by the airports division here. Contention point one, lack of insurance maintained in force. And of course, we've had insurance the whole time. And with all the documentation to show it from the insurance companies to emails to attachments and everything else. Second contention was environmental drips and stains. In some of our parking spots. So we have like military vehicles. We've got some armored vehicles. And they had some drips and stains under them. And when we had the inspection, we got dinged. Huh. So we mitigated those. We cleaned them up. And the third contention point was that we're taking up unauthorized space. So we're parked outside our unauthorized space. <laughs> and so in 2012, we had had a lease for our aircraft parking area. And the state called it up and they verbally, and amazing how they work out here in Hawaii, but it's verbal. Everything is what we call Brada a hookup. So when you dig a trench, you have to rip up the concrete. So the state told us, airport, they were like, yeah, we're going to need to move you guys off the ramp and then have you sit over there while we dig this and we do this construction. And this is going to be probably about a year. But in the meantime, we'll get you leased up after this construction's done and you guys will be, we'll have a new spot for you. And that never happened. So remember that that lease was kinked and all our gears parked on it. So now. They are evicting us. And that third contention point in the September 17th revocation of space letter that we got says, you guys are parked outside your authorized space. So we have a little building called RP 5986, and that's revocable permit 5986, and it's our ready room and our our little motor pole for our tugs. And that's it. So the aircraft are out there on unauthorized, quote unquote, space because they never got their lease back. Or a spot for them on the airport designated. So that's where it sits today. So we contend that we're being wrongfully evicted. We've got stuff that the airport division sent out a bunch of certified letters to different commands. So if they saw, they took a picture, of, like say an H S, you know an HSL thirty seven aircraft, they would go ahead and send a letter to the skipper of HSL thirty seven, a Conway based uh, helicopter squadron you know, or the Cobra, you know, they'll send a certified letter to the CEO over at uh, Conway for the attack helicopter squadron for the Marine Corps, Scarface, world famous helicopter squadron.
1: Yeah.
2: So those guys are getting letters and all of our aircraft are on loan from the National Museum of Naval Aviation, who up to this point has been awesome as far as providing top cover in the form of response letters and things like that. And the public relations aspect for this is Atrocious. The airport here does not care. The guy that's the director is more a black and white accountant type, and he's all about money and space and square footages and leases and technicalities. He does not really see the tangible and intangible benefits of having a major air museum on his airport.
1: This and is then, unbelievable. So, when,
2: yeah, so when say like a jet operation wants to come in with Honda jets, I'm making this up. Or some operation that's got more money than you can imagine wants to come in and execute and start putting down deposits and start their operation or whatever it is for our area. If that was happening, it is conjecture because I don't know, but it only makes sense because after 20 years now, this is instant emergency, probably within the last six months to a year like to get us off the airport.
1: Hey, we're coming up to a break. This is Dave Costa Renegade Aviator back with Brad Hayes and the Naval Air Museum at Barber's Point and the bad stuff that's going on there.
0: questions, comments, suggestions or recommendations, call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message.
1: just a dashingly handsome pilot without a big ego (laughs) no hey i'm a sales and marketing guy too shocking i know this radio show and my jet air show act is fun but it really is about exposure and sales for your business millions of impressions to the people who want to do business with you 888-366-5256 30 plus years of sales and marketing call me
0: The host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa.
1: All right, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. I've got Monk on the line with me. and We are talking about the, I can't say the word I guess I want to use, but it really annoys me when government officials, and I use that with little quotation marks here, when some person in the government Tries to shut down something. Airports are for you and I. Airports are for everybody, not just the airplanes there. I get it. And when we have an opportunity to have a museum, a military museum, a naval aviation history museum specific to Hawaii, in the state of Hawaii, and then the airport does something weird like this. Brad, it just kind of burns me because we're already locking people out of airports as they are. People can't go out and hang in an airport and see stuff. You guys have got a really unique setup there. Yeah, What is different about your museum? So people get with me and they ask me all the time.
2: We have two museums here on the island. One is the Pearl Harbor Aviation Museum, formerly the Pacific Aviation Museum. And Their focus has gone back to World War II now, but they have a lot of jets and other stuff. The fundamental difference between the two museums and probably one of the coolest things that if you're going to look at airplanes, it's got to be on an airport because you've got the airport noise and being on a flight line and seeing that activity for a layman to be on the ground with a DC-8 next to them, you know, or to see a C-17 taxi pass with pilots waving at them from the cockpit that is probably hands down and smelling that jet sauce as it drives past you and stuff and you got like 80 school kids out there under the wing of a p3 waving at a c17 there's nothing like that in the whole world so being on an airport is special in that you get to see the animals in their natural habitat and there when you go to a museum it's typically inside a building air conditioned or it's in an air park scenario and you know these airplanes are dead they're like that. Going to a natural history museum, seeing you know stuffed dinosaurs or dinosaur bones, you know skeletons. The big thing is being able to interface with their airport. Now you said yourself, airports are for people. The reason they exist is for airplanes, but they are owned by the communities around them. And I think our museum is the best public relations interface with our airport. And I would gather to say the guys at Hickory. Uh, North Carolina at their airport would say the same thing because they're in the same kind of scenario along with a couple other museums. But we're like, we, we're, our museum is in your face. When you're out under that C-130 and you walk down the back cargo ramp off of the back of the airplane and you can see the actual Air Force transient airplanes that we still get every once in a while, or even commercial stuff. We get a lot of celebrities occasionally out there at our airport in corporate jets and, you know, that kind of thing. It's a real treat and an absolute privilege to, to, as a visitor, get to see this up close. To see these airplanes in action and the people out there in the airport in action and be down there on the airport.
1: If I'm understanding you correctly, this is on the actual military base. This is actually part of where these aircraft operated or aircraft like this have operated. Yes. And the kids and adults, they can get cockpit tours. You've got military vehicles. Again, when do we let people in the airports anymore? And you're right. You're absolutely right. People have got to see these things. I love what you said. in their natural habitat.
2: Yeah, they're like animals. You come to the farm, so our stinkiness is more petroleum-based than coming on the farm and smelling the methane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is this incompetence or is this a kind of a premeditated plan to get rid of an asset to an airport, an asset to the taxpayer? What is your gut read on this thing? You're a former jarhead.
2: My gut read on this is being a Marine Corps vet and coming from the community I did. When you look at stuff, it's always practical. And there's always a reason for something happening because you're always trying to, as a Marine, react to a fluid situation and work from there. And there's always obstacles. And so in the case of this airport, the goal of the Department of Transportation Airports Division is to have the airport to go to a Part 139. Part 139 is gates, guards, guns, badges, cameras, law enforcement capability, the access, the, the ramp licenses, uh, ramp vehicle safety inspection decals and insurance levels for each golf cart on an airport. That's part 139. That's like your an airport that needs 139 is a airport that would support a 121 air carrier or part 135 uh, air cargo, that type of thing. Right. So we aren't that airport and we have homes that have been built in the last 20 years almost all the way up to the old base fence line for the perimeter. And so people in the neighborhood boards north and to the east and west of us, because south of us is the ocean, those neighborhood boards flip out about helicopter noise. (laughs) So to be able to have a 121 air carrier, and the only reason you need 139 is if you do 10 or more passengers, nine or more passengers. That's right. And if it's a like a Cessna caravan, commuter-type operation, you don't need the X-ray machines. You need to scale to weigh someone's bags. That's it. You don't need TSA. You don't need any of that kind of stuff. So I could see that type of maybe operation flying out of here, but I don't see regional jet. When you look at the practicality of it, the only way you're going to make money as a company in a passenger hauling business like a 121 carrier is, you're going to have to have certain airplanes here in Hawaii's airspace market. And those airplanes are going to be 737s, 717s, maybe RJs. But when you look at RJs and you look at the the passenger revenue mile and you look at a 737 that hauls a hell of a lot more people for almost, the cost is a lot lower for a 737 to operate. So now we're taking currently KC-135, C-17, C-5 Galaxy, C-32, C-40. Those are 737, 757 type airplanes. Those aircraft are coming in sporadically. So the noise complaints just aren't there because it's so sporadic and they're usually during the day. And those are really sparse transients that come through. Little corporate jets, you're just not going to hear them, especially with trade winds. So usually the winds here on our island blow the noise out to sea unless we get what are called Kona winds, which are coming from the south, which are coming off the ocean, and that will bring the noise in up onto the hill you know, for the homes there. Sure. people freak about their property values and everything else. So 139 to me, is just not going to happen. So the vision, and I just summed up to you being just, I am the, one of the dumbest guys I know. And I really, truly mean that I am not the smartest guy, but being around airplanes long enough and having an operational background, like I do, you know, I've been around these things for a long time, things that you have to think about that makes sense. And this is not going to part 139 doesn't make sense. So, why 139 stupid deal?
1: Let me stop you there. Let's roll into the next segment with that because um, I do want to make sure in the next segment that we get people knowing how to reach out and talk to you guys and give you any kind of support. So, this is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. We will be right back.
2: Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency point er Roger. Huh? Request vector over. Huh? Flight 209 er, clear for Vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Howard radio, clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over, Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Hey! <laughs>
1: Hey, are you looking to buy or sell a jet aircraft? Give me a call, 888-366-5256. We can broker your current jet or turboprop, buyer's agents, management services that save you so much, it's like I'm working for free. Free consultations, of course. Call my office, leave a message, get my personal call back: 888-366-5256, Renegade Jets. What else would I call it? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen david costa segment three of the renegade aviator radio show two jarheads talking today brad hayes (laughs) at a naval air museum at barbers point and me the renegade aviator brad before i go and forget i'm prone to forget stuff most important (laughs) part (laughs) how do people find you on facebook find you on the internet how do they come out and see you guys give us all the details
2: absolutely so we're on twitter and instagram as well but uh if you type in Naval Air Museum Barbers Point, it'd be like saying Naval Air Station Barbers Point, but you just substitute the word station for museum. Naval Air Museum Barbers Point is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook is where you'll see the latest and greatest information on the air museum. And uh, we have a website, which is www and I'll spell this phonetically: November Alpha Mike Bravo Papa NAMBP dot org. So www NAMBP dot org is our website and uh you can see the aircraft that we have some of the other stuff you know we've got now right now we are pops are shut down because the state has closed the lease on us and terminated it and we do not have the ability to give tours of the aircraft and we're currently in a fight for our existence with the airport division.
1: I didn't realize that so you're actually closed down. Closed down. So you can't even while you're working this out you can't even show people airplanes, huh?
2: correct Yeah, we're done yeah we're not done but yeah you cannot get on the flight line can't can't see any of that stuff so you can look at it through the fence and you'll have to look through some weeds and some vines growing up on the fence because the airport division wants to go to part 139 but can't even cut the grass on the fence or around the taxiway signs out there so this is systematic to point at the gross negligence and lack of vision and innovative thinking on the part of my airport's division here in Hawaii. And by the way, we were voted, we meaning Hawaii were voted the worst airports in the United States. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) worst in the United States. So, and it's symptomatic of, I guess, part of the the machine here, I guess you could
1: call it. Well, this is kind of a call out here. And that's what I want to get people to do with this. You know, with our listener base, I don't know how we can help you. So that's, I guess, what I'm asking. How can we help? What do you need? You need people to write letters, emails, all the above. Tell us how the average listener, because if it happens there, it's going to happen somewhere else.
2: Absolutely. Today, it's us. But it will be whoever else on any of the airports, and it has been other people before us, and there will be other people after us. But to help the Air Museum out directly, to actually have a real impact, we need your money. So you can either donate on the Air Museum's webpage. There's a Ways to Give tab. You click on that, and you can scroll down this Donate Now button. And that's just for general donations. And then we have set up a GoFundMe campaign. And if you go on GoFundMe and type in Naval Air Museum Barber's Point, you'll see our campaign there. we're trying to raise at least $10,000 for covering our legal costs just to retain a lawyer is about five grand. And even finding a lawyer at this point, and you think, gosh, Air Museum, how come you guys don't have your crap together? The law out here is so specialized and there's a lot of attorneys, but when it comes to this kind of situation, it is a special, it's a landlord tenant kind of thing. And there's very, very few people that do it. And very few of those want to take on the state of Hawaii because you're going against the AG's office with 500 support personnel and 100 staff lawyers, you know, and their mission is to defend their state officials with regards to suits or complaints. So it's a lot of work and takes a lot of money. And so that GoFundMe thing is probably critical right now. So I'm appealing to any of the fellow Marines and sailors and Coast Guardsmen that may be hearing this that may have been stationed at Barber's Point in one point of their lives. And every guy that you talk to that was will say this was the best duty station in their entire Navy career. So, hands down, and same with the Coast Guard guys.
1: Right on. So, we're coming up to another break. Naval Air Museum, Barber's Point. There's a GoFundMe page. Ladies and gentlemen, go there. We got one more segment with Brad of the Naval Air Museum, Barber's Point, coming right back after these messages. David Costa, Renegade Aviator.
0: I have one seat in first class and one in coach. The price is the same because your flight was canceled. Oh. oh. Well, uh... I'll take the first class. Jerry! What? Why should you get the first class? Elaine, have you ever flown first class? No. All right, then. See, you won't know what you're missing. I've flown first class, Elaine. I can't go back to coach. I can't. I won't. So here, coach. Yeah, that's the point. All right, fine. I don't care. If the plane crashes, everybody in first class is going to die anyway. yeah. Questions, comments, suggestions or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message.
1: Hey, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, want a free team decal? All you have to do is call my office, 888-366-5256, and leave your name and mailing address, 888-366-5256. We will send you a free Renegade Aviator team decal. Be the envy of your friends and family, 888-366-5256. It's my way to say thank you, and I'm grateful for you being a fan. Renegade Aviator. (laughs)
0: the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, back with segment four. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, each and every week we come out with stories and we talk about people of excellence. We talk about people overcoming great hurdles. We talk about great success stories. But it's rare that I say get off your rear end and do something because museums like this, as we said in that last segment, If you don't stand and fight, the government will shut stuff down. The airports are your airports. And if it happens in Hawaii, I get it. There's a lot of people on the mainland going, that's all the way over there in Hawaii. What does that have to do with me? Right, Brad? But this is going to happen over and over and over again. But Brad, so we end on a positive light so I don't get too fired up and you don't get too fired up. Give us a little bit of stuff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's people that really benefit from your museum, not just the volunteers, but the people that come. Tell us a couple stories maybe of that stuff, of the value that you provide.
2: So real quick. Yesterday, I was at the USS Arizona Memorial. They have rebuilt the USS Arizona Memorial area, and they call it the National Monument to World War II in the Pacific. Okay, so we went there yesterday to meet Jan and Debbie Byler, who are the daughters of tenant commander Del Byler, World War II F6FN or F6F5N night fighter pilot off of the USS Enterprise. So his flight gear was being donated to the Air Museum and the National Park Service. Uh, some of the stuff was going to us and some of the other stuff was going to national parks. So that was where we went to go accept this stuff. And back in 2017, Dell came to the airport on his bucket list trip to Hawaii because he wanted to be at Barber's Point, his former Naval Air Station where he did all the training to go out into the Western Pacific, and fly night fighters and fly off a straight deck aircraft carrier at night with no lights and find this thing again in the dark when it's moving. And that was still a pioneering technology back then. Butch O'Hare, famous naval aviator, was killed doing it. And he was one of the sharpest guys that you could imagine to, to make that happen. Anyway, so Dell passed away. And his dying wish was that his flight equipment go back to Naval Air Museum Barber's Point. So he said on his dying bed that going back to Barber's and touring the flight line in our vehicles and seeing his hangars and his ramps again and um, getting back there was the highlight of his bucket list trip back to Hawaii. You know, they went and saw other stuff and they toured stuff, but that was his highlight. Hands down, that was the most important thing to him. And we made it happen. And but we do this kind of stuff, all the time with either other vets or in the World War II guys are going away. So now it's morphing to the Cold War guys. And if it's not just tours, it's the U.S. military. So in January, we've got the 31st new coming out, and they're doing a community relations event, and we're supporting that. Or we were. I don't know where it's going to sit now, but we regularly support the Marine Force Reconnaissance Team Leaders course for giving them targets to surveil from the beach and on and on and on. On with military support, load training, evacuation training out of the C-130 for the Air Force, uh, air nurses, and low techs. I could go on and on. Tangible and intangible benefits that we bring to, that any museum brings to an airport is far outweighs the rent that that museum may pay. Hands down. I'm
1: all with right. you because what people forget is we hear this term all the time, government servants. They're not there to create revenue. They're there to serve that taxpayer, and they're there to create this thing. If we lose our history, our history is so important, and having kids see this stuff and adults alike, and to remember the sacrifices. It's easy to talk about it, right? Oh, you know, thank you for your service. We hear that all the time.
2: Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I, I hate the whole so do thank I. you for your service thing. <laughs> so Show me.
1: You. Yeah, yeah, show, show me. me. Bingo. Yeah. And that's the key. And so the government, what I call them is elected employees. They're not our leaders. They're elected to do what the taxpayers want them to do. And this is a value to that community. It's a value to everything around that community. And we need to stand in this and you're standing for it.
2: It's not just in Hawaii. It's happening in Rome, Georgia. Perfect example. Talk to the folks over at the museum in Rome, Georgia and their airport wants to evict them. So guess what? The museum's going to move to another airport, and that other airport is going to use them as the trophy centerpiece, so that they can be on the map. To put that other airport on the map. There you go. And I hope that Rome gets their their pee pee spanked. You know, I don't know what the term, the polite term, to be on the radio with it for, but you That'll know, work. It, But yeah, <laughs> it is. It's all
1: over. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And there's umpteen million ways that that local airport authority or that community can give you alternatives that make sense, up to and including, I guess, fencing off your area. Maybe there's a win-win here. I guess that's what we're hoping for, right? A win-win?
2: Yeah, a win-win would be nice. Uh, Airports are allowed by FAA 5190.6 Bravo to charge less than fair market value on the airport for certain organizations and they specifically name aeronautical museums in that list. It's in there with like Civil Air Patrol and, you know, other guys. And they also have the ability to charge less than fair market value for commercial space or aviation or aeronautical spaces if that airport does not have a market climate that can support. So the whole thing with FAA 5196B is having an airport that is self-sustaining as possible. And so the FAA doesn't find it inconsistent if you charge less than fair market value.
1: I'm with you. And you know what? We only have a a short show. My goal with this, I'm going to wrap this up in the final segment as well. My listeners, that we can get together and try to help you out there, Brad. So... Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Man. Yeah, man, we're happy to do it. Naval Air Museum, Barbers Point. Go there on Facebook or wherever you go to your social media. Look them up online and make sure you donate. I'll give you that information coming back out of this next break. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator, Brad. Thank you.
2: Semper Fidelis.
1: Right on, brother. <laughs> All right.
2: This is Kirby Chambliss two-time rebel air race world champion on the renegade aviator radio show with david cusman
1: be the best time to get a business aircraft you think your company is too forward to afford a jet need more time want to get back home and see the family more often sick and tired of the cattle car way of flying with the airlines in about 26 minutes I can see if you would be a good fit for what we do at renegade Jets the call is free and without obligation let's talk 888-366-5256 so
0: Questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Final segment with a question to sum things up. What is the value of a museum to the community? What harm can a museum do to a community? it can't do any harm. It's all upside and no downside. So who is going to stop government from continuing to meddle and screw things up if good people like you and me don't do something? There's more value to a community from a museum than the collection alone. And museums are often said to have five social values to consider. You have the value of the collection itself. These aircraft, they're not making these anymore. These are historic aircraft. And if not for the community volunteers and supporters who will take care of these artifacts, how will future generations experience this? You have the connection value of a museum, the link between the past, the present, and the future. It's not all YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, linking that collection to people, to the real people that experienced these things when they were active the educational value, a learning environment. Do you think a classroom or the internet can motivate someone to learn more than up close and personal in a museum, especially one where you can see aircraft in their natural habitat at an airport? People love airports. We need to promote airports right along with the aircraft. What about the aesthetic value? There's four historic buildings on this airport, that are part or that can be part of the National Historic Register. So, how can you put a price on the enjoyment and the pleasure get from places like this? Only then can we consider the economic value to the local community. Airports are for aircraft. How can we replace artifacts like this? Where are they gonna go? You gonna cut them up and get rid of them? Why will the state of Hawaii not listen? Why will they not want to preserve the history of Hawaii aviation? If you're listening to me, and if you have an interest in aviation, how about we, you and I, help preserve some aviation for the next generation of aviators and the fans of cool aviation artifacts? Are you with me? Let's do this. Visit the GoFundMe page. Give what you can afford. They have a small goal right now of only $10,000. That's just a start. Search on GoFundMe, Save Naval Air Museum Barbers Point. Hawaii's a small state. They need our help. Anyone listening to the sound of my voice right now can get involved. GoFundMe, Save Naval Air Museum Barbers Point. Find them on social media. Find them on the web, November Alpha Mike Bravo N A M B P Org. Drop them a note of encouragement. Send emails and letters to the state of Hawaii or to anyone you think may be able to help these people. I'm going to post a link to all of this on our podcast versions of the show. You can call my office if all else fails, and I will get you in contact with the right people. 888-366-5256. RenegadeAviator.com is live. We're improving it every week. And now, if listening to me is not enough, your prayers have been answered. The Renegade Aviator is now on YouTube. Search Renegade AV, the number 8R. Renegade Aviator. Search us, listen, watch, like, and share. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. Save Naval Air Museum, Barbers Point, December 5. See ya. So
0: be